crazy. Crazy. Well, by the end of the day, we've got two more people. I mean, I'm pretty excited about the two that we already have. And uh, so yeah, Natalie I'm super. And this other guy. So I think. Yeah. We, um, by the end of the day, we should have some pretty good people. I think that we can debrief on and you can interview. Yeah, and Brianna. Um, was it Brianna or now? I can't yeah. remember. Brianna. Okay. Yeah. Brianna got a good uh, recommendation, so I'm always happy about that. Honestly, my only reservation with her is she's like very sweet and like very friendly. And I'm like, I don't know, like, would she tell Keith if she's frustrated? Like, you're like, want the direct thing? And she's very Southern, you know? But I guess you've got this, I'm, I'm you've Southern. Got Southern experience. Yeah, I'm Southern. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe you can probably figure out how to make it work. Yeah, it should, it should work out. Um, you do have a jacket lying on the floor in, your, in the back of you? Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I hadn't noticed the sweat. <laughs> oh yeah. No, no, this is, this is below the, below the belt or above uh, the belt, above the belt. Above oh, the I belt. I know, I know how that goes. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I really don't care, but I didn't know if you did or not. Okay. Um, my wife would care, but she's not going to see this. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, quick uh, thingamajigger. What, is there anything specific we, you want to talk about? Um, you had said remote life and that was about all the info that you had. Put <laughs> yeah. In, well, so. <laughs> I think we had talked before that. Um, so remind me your audience again. So we're mainly, marketers? yeah, it's mainly marketers at agencies. Um, it's going to be a lot of people who are looking to develop a team. Did we discuss in Slack? Cause then I can look in our Slack chat and see. We might've, no, I think no? it was in the previous calendar. But agencies, but agencies who are looking to hire supplementary people, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I think we wanted to talk, I'm just looking, uh, yeah, no, our, our whole Slack chat is something else. How about how to get started hiring remote people? And, uh, I think one, yeah, that would be good. And then I, I think one of the things was how the, the big issue of how do I know they're working? Like those objections you people always have, like, how do I know that they're yeah. working? And then, yeah how do we create a culture where people are excited when they're not in the office? Cause I think that's very difficult for a lot of people. Yeah. Okay. Let's do that. So I think that's great. So um, I'm just going to make notes. I've got my ergo docs. So literally when I was talking to Marcus Blankenship, Blankenship like a half an hour ago, I like pressed the wrong key thing and it shut down my whole computer. Oh man. So friggin' Linux. Um, okay. So I think it's this button and this button. Okay. And then I can get my scratch pad up. Cool. Okay, good. All right. We're still here. Um, okay. And so hiring and how long, how long would you like, how long is the episode? <laughs> no, it's frozen. How long is the episode in general? Uh, they're generally on 45 minutes. Okay, great. Hiring our first employee, you know, building team rapport, team rapport and excitement. And if you say anything that you want to take out or anything, tell me, I got a bell here that I will ring. And then oh, yeah, uh, I remember that. Yeah, we got That's a right. bell. We were talking about that you and Anchor, I think. It's like, how do we take notes and how do we... Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I'm just thinking about that. Building road team and rapport and excitement and building trust. Yeah, that's great. Okay, yeah. Let's, and then... Uh, um, this is and then how do I... How do we pronounce your last name? Is it Malteus? Mal I actually don't know. It's Mal Malte. Malte, okay. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. All right. And that's how you pronounce it? Because you multi. said, yep. okay, you said it like this is how it's supposed to be pronounced, but every, but I just say um, you can you can Bob. forget the French accent, so it's fine. How, how do I do it in a French accent? Jevin Malte. Malte. Hey, that was, that was very good. Eight years of French, can't speak a damn word. Of oh, it, actually, though. oh, okay. Yeah. What? <laughs> how in Mississippi are you? Tennessee. Come on. Oh, Tennessee. Oh, <laughs> I went. I went to a French school. Oh. Tennessee. Okay. Yeah. French private school. Okay, great. French private school close to white uh what was it? What white was station. station. White, white station. station. Yeah, I know. <laughs> hey, French people are white. Um yeah, the the school's name was Lausanne. So Wow, Lausanne. Legit. Switzerland. So the name is Switzerland. Switzerland city, right? Is it? Lausanne? 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 I thought it was French. Lausanne. Uh Lausanne is a is a is a Swiss, okay. Let's, Swiss city. The only reason I know is because my friend did like a semester there. Lausanne. That's it. That's interesting. I'm, 
Yeah, Switzerland. Wow. Huh. That's <laughs> weird. You went to a Swiss school, man. What and they know? taught me French. As well, it's the, Swiss, it's, the Swiss, it's the French part. Switzerland oh, is it? four, that, four that official languages. Got it. Got it. That would be why then. French, oh, yeah. German, the French-speaking region German. of uh, Switzerland. Interesting. Go. All right. I learn something new every day <laughs> when I'm with you. <laughs> well, some things hopefully more important than others. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's start this thing off. I'm going to ring the bell. We will start it off, and then I'll ask you to do a quick little introduction about yourself. Awesome. All right. Here we go. Hello again, and welcome back to Data Beats Opinion. I am Keith Perhack, founder of Segmetrics, and I am here today with Jevin Malte. And I'm just happy to have you, man. Like, tell me, tell the, I know about you. Tell me, sure. a little, tell everyone else a little bit about you. That's great. Thanks, Keith, for having me. My name's Jevin. Um, so my background, I'm a software engineer, and over about a decade, I, I built a, this consulting thing with had a bunch of people and um, all of them were remote. So probably over, you know, over the past decade, I've hired and managed over 50 remote people, whether designers or developers or virtual assistants, whatever. I've done it all. So, um, so now what I'm doing is really focusing on helping companies who are traditional in that they work together in an office and helping them to become remote first so that they can have uh, their existing workforce will be happier, they'll be more productive, they'll stick mm -hmm. around longer, as well as taking advantage of a global workforce. So that's and, what I'm doing full time. Yeah, and this is interesting because, I, because a lot of bigger companies are just now going into this whole idea of, oh, let's have remote teams and remote first and kind of stuff. But especially in the marketing world, this has been the way it is for a long time now because you wanna find the best people Sure. And you want to find the best people that aren't necessarily that have a different alternative lifestyle that are going to work that want to work for an internet marketer um, that don't really fit into that same niche that is the whole corporate gig kind of kind of thing. And sure, every so I've been doing this ten years, and I think every single person on every team I've worked with has been remote. I don't think that there have been. I've worked in a company in the marketing industry where everyone's in the same office. So. It doesn't surprise me. And it's like what you said, it's because there's so many different niches of marketing that it's, there's only a handful of people who are going to be, you know, experts in a very niche type of SEO or a very niche type mm -hmm. of, you know, pay-per-click. And so to be able to hire the best people, they're not they're more than likely will not be in your city. Right. And so that doesn't surprise me at all for marketing. And it's the same for software. Very, very niche specific areas where you, you just not going to find people in your city. And I think a lot of professionals now don't want to deal with living in the big city and don't want to move for work that especially the marketers that I work with and even the developers I work with, they're very life focused, not in a, mm -hmm. Oh, I want, I don't care about work. They care passionately about work, but they don't want to have to move to a city that they hate or they want to be able to have a life in addition to that work or that that work fulfills their life, right? Sure. And being able to live in the middle of nowhere, Idaho or Montana or wherever and still be a, billion, a million dollar marketer is, yeah. is a great plus. Yeah, and a lot of these people who are very experienced in these niches are 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 not 20 years old right they are mm. 30 40 year old people you know you and i were in our mid 30s and we're in the family mode now and so lifestyle is uh is really important where simplifying things not having a one hour plus commute each way which just mm. eats a huge piece of our of our um of our day and our energy it just doesn't make sense and so yeah. um so that's why i feel it's like a really competitive thing to hire really senior people who maybe are in an office, I think it's pretty easy to be able to pull them away if they are, you know, to, yeah. to get them remote. But yeah. And I think there, there's two sides of that that worked out really well. One is, like you said, so even when I was commuting close mm -hmm. by, it was 45 minutes each way. So that's wow. an hour and a half that I lose each day that I could be doing work, right? Mm -hmm. And so as, as an employer, that makes me happy as well. It's like, my the people working with me are not wasting time on a train or in a car or whatever um yeah. they're they're working the time that they have 
is more available and is for, for working and, and being productive, right? Yep, um, exactly. And so they don't have to work as much. And then they can have that work-life balance. A number of the people that I work with are now stay-at-home moms or stay-at-home dads. Mm-hmm. And not that they don't want to do anything, but they're, they're watching the kids. They got to go pick up the kids at three or they got to get them ready. Or, and having that flexibility, these are super talented professionals, yeah. right? That just don't want to do the eight to eight and slog anymore. Yep. Right? And it's almost priceless. I mean, to be able to spend that time with your kids, yeah. like, you know, I mean, might a, be able to sp- give you a couple million dollars a year to be able to like take a year of not seeing your kids. But like in general, it's not something you could put a price tag on. Right. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, you can see here, we're all remote that I'm working out of my home office. And yep. today I have um, school conferences with my kids. So mm-hmm. normally if I was working in an office, I would have taken today off. Yep. Right. Instead, I, I woke up at six, I got all my stuff done. I'm gonna, after this, I'm gonna have lunch, go take the kids, come back, do more work, right? Like there's, there I have a lot more efficacy with my day and the, the work that I'm doing. Now, the, the problem you know is that, the issue with that is that we're not in the same office, we're not mm. building that culture, we're not understanding how each other are working together you're kind of the expert at this. How, how do you overcome, especially if you're not used to having a remote team or you're not, you feel like you're missing something with a remote team. How do you get people to enjoy that culture? Yeah. Yeah. So what I've noticed, you know, I've, cause I've done both, I've been in an office and I've done a remote, um, is that people processes really like, and, and, and like culture really, um, uh, like deconstruct a lot faster in a remote environment. So what do I mean by that? I mean that when you're working together in an office, there's lots of band-aid solutions that just kind of like happen that where Mm -hmm. you don't have to be super intentional about it. Um, uh, Where with remote, you have to spend a lot more effort, you know, building these things into the company. And if you do, you know, all things being equal, people, the research shows people who have the option to work remote, not necessarily people who are, everyone's working remote, but have the option to work remote, are happier, uh, they're more productive, and they stay with the company longer. That's what the research shows. So, so how do we do that? So let's look at some examples. Well, if we're sitting in an office together, you know, we're having lunch together, typically, you know, we're say, hey, you guys want to eat lunch now? We're having coffee together. We're able to just tap each other on the shoulder and say, hey, I'm working on this one thing. I thought you should be involved. Or what do you think about this? Do you have 10 minutes to hash this out, right? And mm-hmm. you sit and you're, you're just talking to each other because you're sitting next to each other. Um, and, so, and so you're building like these relationships just by virtue of being in the same area and having these, you know, these ad hoc conversations right. with each other. With remote, it's it's a lot harder to do that because you know you're you have the advantage of doing deep work. Uh, where what I mean is you can easily book off like a three-hour block where no one's going to disturb you. You can close Slack, close your email, and you can get a ton of work done. But the downside from that, of course, is you're not having kind of these these ad hoc re- uh, conversations and opportunities to build relationships with your team. Mm-hmm. So, um, so as a, as a manager, you know, who, who maybe is working in an agency or you're in a software shop or, you know, you're head of a marketing department, um, you know, spending some time to think through, you know, how are we going to solve these individual challenges um, as, a, as a remote team um, is really important and will really help you in, um, in being able to manage people. First thing is um, implement one-on-ones with your team. Yeah. One-on-ones, you know, it's a bit of a loaded, loaded word. There's probably, you know, lots of people have lots of ideas of what that means. It's maybe the manager that's like tells you, well, hey, this is what you're doing this week, or mm-hmm. give me feedback about status updates. And that's not what I mean at all. There's a great, there's some great blog posts by a guy, uh, Jason Avanish, um, who runs uh, the software product called Lighthouse that I often reference. But really, these are like employee-led weekly meetings that are one hour long with, uh, with, with your employee where they talk about their challenges. They talk about, you know, kind of their hopes and dreams for their career. They talk about, you know, where they're feeling stuck and, you know, if they're lonely and, and by doing this thing, by doing this over, you know, five, 10 weeks, you know, let's say over two and a half months, just imagine all of the information that you're going to be getting from your employee yeah. about their true sense of how they are working in your agency and how they feel about things certainly the first couple of weeks like they'll say yeah everything's great but you know as they get a sense of you really trying to reach out to them and understand their challenges like you're gonna you're gonna get you're gonna yeah. really have a good sense about 
you know, where they're at and how you can help them. And that's one of the things, the one-on-ones were always hard for me because that's, yeah. it's not my forte. Um, and, but they, whenever I did have them, they were very important, but similarly we did, uh, for a long time, we didn't have them. And then we started doing our daily standups and mm-hmm. that How'd changed that, that everything. Like what just your to, structure for your daily standups and then what, what would you, what it was actually, how did it change? It was uh, not too formal. I think it was about 15 to 30 minutes generally per day. Uh, okay. Tried to keep them to 15, but it's just like, Hey, here's what's up on the docket. Here's what we're doing. Here's the problems we have. The, the standard like scrum questions, right? What did I do? What am I doing? What's my blockers? Oh, my blocked. Yep. Right. And we had tried it through Slack and those things and man, people hated them. Like, oh yeah, the, the automated thing, the, the team really hated anything automated that reminded them to do things. They had a real, like myself included, where I I remember I was, I was gone for a week and I was watching the Slack, um, the Slack scrums, right. And like what's Mm -hmm. coming up. And one of them, one of the, uh, the product managers kept writing in his thing, Keith comes back in three days, your days are limited because <laughs> he had convinced me to get rid of it when I got back. <laughs> right. Well, that's a good test. I mean, if people are hating it and no one sees value over a period of a week, probably time to reevaluate how, how we're and, doing anything and I, really. Yeah. And I think different teams react different ways. Some people love mm-hmm. them and some people don't like being on a 15 minute standup, but I think and maybe it's different per team, but I find in the marketing industry, at least mm-hmm. uh, most of the clients we work with, most of the customers we work with, everyone likes that 15 minutes because they don't like reading. They don't like going through all of the, it's another task. It's another thing of email that they have to do. Whereas a, a conversation is much more energizing and fluid, especially when you're by yourself all day. Sure. Now my experience working with software engineers is they're like, I don't want to talk to anyone. I don't want to see face. Like, I just like, let me just type my thing in. Let me just drag in my to do's. And like, I just want to get back to working. Mm -hmm. And so it totally, you know, I'm, I'm, I do, I, I'm a advocate for not having a one size fits all, you know, remote process because every, every person is different. And therefore every, uh, every company is different about how you're going to implement your people processes, whether it's remote mm-hmm. or not, you know? So that, I love how you guys are just adapted. And so you just changed from this automated thing to this stand-up thing yeah. in person or on video. And it, that seemed to work. And so here's a good question. What if you have a team that is different? So some people want to just do the, okay, I type in my answers and I'm done. And some people want to be on that call. Is that part of a culture decision you make when hiring? Or is that a thing where you make it so that some people can do one and some people can do the other? Yeah, that's, I think it's a great question. And um, I, I think really, you know, I, I like to look at things as like really small atomic team-based decisions. Like likely you're, the core people that you're going to work with are only going to be another, you know, say another two or three or four people that you're really interacting with every day mm-hmm. so on, a small, on a small marketing or a small software engineering team. And so like though you need to figure out between your team who you're, what cadence and what type of thing you're going to do. Um, and maybe not have like a company wide policy of this is how we do standups. This is how, you know, whether it's going to be automated or this is how it's going to be. And as a, as a, as a, maybe you're higher up on the executive and you really want to have a dashboard to see like who checked in today, what are they doing? Um, and so you want to mandate this thing, but the reality, like, is that like, it's, it's may not be the best thing for your team. If, even if that's the way that you want to see it. And you have to find other ways to maybe get the reports or information that you want, or you need to be able to figure out a way so that you can learn or develop trust between you and your employees. And then that brings in an interesting question, which is, are there certain roles that you feel are better suited towards people in the office versus remote? Um, I know a lot of places are like, oh, the designer can be remote because it's a, it's a self-owned or um, department, right? It's a self-owned organism, kind of like a black box. But are there Mm -hmm. things that you find that don't work well when they are remote? Um, I'd like to think that every uh, every job can be remote. I kind of see that as a personal challenge. Like, how could we build this infrastructure? For, so this person who wants to be remote, and that's something we need to be clear about. Some people want to be in an office around other people. And there's ways you can set that up. But like, if this person really wants to be remote, we can figure out a way to do that. Um, and, and I should also say, like, maybe 
teams are only partly remote. So like you're in the office maybe two days a week and you're at home three days a week. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen it work pretty well where um, for designers specifically that they can, they work from home three days a week and then two days a week they're in the office with the other designers or other people where it's highly collaborative and they really value getting around on the whiteboard yeah. and having kind of that highly interactive thing. You can do that online. There's, you know, online whiteboarding software. But know. never as good. They're never, yeah. The research shows, I found a, I found a paper from the 90s where they did a research <laughs> to do a virtual white, like a whiteboard that had a video thing pointing at it, mm -hmm. everyone on video. Uh, and people sitting in the office together on the whiteboard and they're finding that the, uh, the results were just as good. I, I, will, I will agree with that. Having a video on a physical whiteboard, I think would be just as good. The digital whiteboards don't, I don't think they work as well. And that could be fine. Like that's, then that's yeah, just something maybe we have to try out as a, in a company. The challenge is like when you have like a hybrid company. So you have some people that work together in the office together, like regularly in the office and you have these people that just are not in the office. Mm -hmm. So let's go, let's take that whiteboarding example where, you know, you've got like, all right, let's go, you know, Keith is out here. He's in, he's in Portland, you know, and Jevin and the rest of the team are all together in their office in Ottawa. And so we're doing this collaboration thing. We've got Keith over in the corner on a laptop with the webcam looking at the whiteboard and the other three people are kind of hovering around this whiteboard and, and trying to do the, uh, you know, collaborating deeply. But mm -hmm. like when you do that, like it's really hard to have Keith engaged in the conversation right. and in the interaction in the same way as you would with the other three people. So this is when you have some, there's some real challenges with hybrid teams where you have to come up with processes that work so that every member of the team is on like this equal footing of being able to engage and contribute in, the, in a similar way. Right. And that's one of the problems that I think when you have a, especially a hybrid team you run into, but I think that there's also, and correct me if I'm wrong, there's, there's a personality type that I have found can just disappear into the ether when they are working remote. Right. Mm -hmm. Where it's just kind of like, what kind of personality would that be? Someone who, I mean, just sits down and does the work and doesn't give that feedback. And it's about I find that people have to be more proactive when they're remote than yeah. reactive. At an office, I think oh, you yeah. can be much more reactive because someone's standing around looking and can say, hey, what's going on? Where if you are doing that remote, you just kind of get lost. Like, <laughs> sure. And at some point, someone's just going to stop emailing you, right? Like, right. Right. I mean, I'm not a fan of someone standing in the office saying, Hey, what's up everyone? You know, like give me a status update. Like, Oh my gosh, how, is that so, like, so disruptive? <laughs> right. And that's what like in the morning, that right? I'm talking like, about. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. Like, Hey, how, how's everyone doing? You know, that's fine. But like, it, that's like a people process. That's a bandaid, one of those bandaid things that I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. um, but that person who's really on their own, like we need to figure out ways to be able to, to engage them. And so that they feel like, you know, over communicating is like really important and communicating well is super important for remote teams because yeah. um, you're probably good, not going to be interacting as much with other people if you're not in the office. And so you need to be able to like communicate your thoughts in Slack or in your project management system to put it out there and have people talk about your ideas and your struggles. You know, it's like, I'm struggling with this. What do you guys think? Um, and so those people that are kind of out on their own, it's dangerous for them because we're not you know, first of all, we don't actually know how they're feeling about the situation because mm -hmm. they're not communicating, but also because they probably, they have a ton of value to give. Like they have lots of thoughts about how things are working in the company, about the different initiatives that we have and, and, um, and we need to figure out ways to engage them. And there's, and there's different ways we can do that if you want. We can talk about that. Too. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about how, how do you, because that's part of bringing it in to the culture. And I think that's one of the hardest things about that, that team or that team dynamic when you don't have group meetings or you don't mm -hmm. have yearly retreats or something like that, how do you build that culture and feel and make people feel or have people feel like they're on the same page? Yeah. So we need to find ways to be able to build rapport with one another. Um, we could talk tactics. So let's talk tactics. So I'm a big tools guy, which I have to be careful of. So whenever there's like a problem, I'm like, is there a tool for this? Is there a software tool? Is there a Slack bot I can add? So a couple of simple things that we can do. There's a really, um, one way is we want to just be able to create some like informal times for, for team members to meet each other, especially those who are not normally going to engage with one another. So um, there's this tool called Donut. 
Have you heard of this donut? No, I don't donut? think I have. So it's donut.com and you add this bot to your, um, to your Slack and you create a channel like, you know, donut coffee or something and people opt in to like to this channel. And what happens is um, every so often you can program it say every two weeks, uh, Donut will match you up with other people in your company that you normally wouldn't engage with mm -hmm. uh, based on which channels you're participating in. And so it'll just connect the two of you and say, hey, you guys should have coffee. Just a really simple thing. And then you just, you know, you guys coordinate either offline or somehow to connect together and you just, you know, learn about each other. Um, and it'll ask you, you know, did you connect? And so, mm -hmm. um, I've had some really interesting, you know, That's met really some really cool. interesting people. And so it's super like low touch, uh, really easy to enter into, um, to add to your system, but like, it's just a really nice thing to build into your company. They had mm -hmm. some, I mean, they talked about this, like their big, you know, thing that they like to talk about is that I think IBM added this tool. And they had, they introduced, two, it, the system just happened to introduce two people across the company who were working on very similar projects in totally opposite ends of the company. And they ended up collaborating, doing a joint presentation and like all this cool synergy, you know, whatever happens. Um, but, but even, but even in Feel smaller case companies, studies. <laughs> right, where you only have like 20 people, like a salesperson may not talk to a developer at all, but even just meeting people will be like, Hey, like, Oh, I'm selling this, you know, I sold this thing of yours and Hey, like, Oh, they're like, oh, I work, I worked on this feature. Like, oh wow. Like, you know, the salesperson can talk about it. Mm -hmm. Well, the person loves it. Like it's their favorite thing. Like, oh, well, I had no idea about that before. So you never, you never know. And now you have this relationship that a salesperson has to a developer yeah. um, that you wouldn't have had otherwise. And so having this thing on a weekly or bi-weekly cadence is a really nice way to be able to, um, to, to link people up. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, th I think that's amazing. It, it's interesting that there are so many tools now built specifically for B2B for companies going especially remote, right? Mm -hmm. Like this has become a huge niche for software and for services to like just serve very specific niche needs in the B2B space. Um, yeah, but I, I yeah, think it, because there's so many problems, people are yeah. lonely, people don't yeah. know each other, people don't have rapport, managers aren't trusting their remote employees. And so it's like, mm -hmm. how can we build in some things to allow for managing people in a healthier way. Right. And it's, it's interesting, especially like, you know, I've, I've done, um, I've done game nights and stuff like that. We've mm -hmm. done, I've done uh, beer nights where we'll all grab a beer and just kind of hang out on zoom like this talking. Fun. Um, yep. and I think that having those every now and then is very fun. What, what gets, I think to be a difficult balance is uh, one of the reasons a lot of people are remote is because they don't want to do that. They don't want to mm -hmm. have the weekly, Okay, we're all going out to get a beer. Okay, work's over. You're expected to be here till seven o'clock drinking with us or like hanging out or playing games <laughs> or whatever, right? Because they are remote and they do value their own time. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it's an interesting balance of how do you keep that camaraderie? And I really like the, the donut software idea. I'll have to mm -hmm. check that out. Sure. But how do you keep camaraderie when A, everyone's probably on different time zones and B, yeah not necessarily everyone wants to do that hangout, right? And how do you make it a low pressure thing when you're all yeah. still sitting in front of the computer like this? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've got a whole article I just realized called uh, Virtual Team Building. Um, this is my foray into like trying SEO topics in Keyword <laughs> Planner. You know, I got marketing experts here, but like I'm not a marketer. I want to be a marketer. And so this is my challenge, but I've got a whole article on it. Um, with some like video games you can do, uh, mm. space team that, you know, Keith and I, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like you can that. set this up where it can be entirely through the internet. Um, uh, what was the other major one? Oh, even like portal Two. portal two is a real, you know, came out years ago. Mm -hmm. You can run it on any computer, Mac or, or windows. And it's a really good cooperative game. You could have competitions between your employees, you know, who's doing a better job as well as people giving like tours of their neighborhood using street view. Like there, we have some fun ideas that you can do. That's cool. Um, That's cool. But, uh, but so you know, but people, it's true. I mean, people don't want to take their evenings and um, I mean, I, I live for, I live for, you know, hanging out with people in, <laughs> in yeah. general. So for me, I prioritize it, but it is a challenge to do it in the evenings. And so I try to figure out a way to do it on, on, on company. On company time. So on it's, company time. Sorry, right. my, my headphones were just telling me that the battery's low. But yeah, I try to do it on company <laughs> time. And you'll, I think it'll pay dividends for that right. one hour that you've taken together.
Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a solid way to do it. Like either doing it in the morning or doing it before the first person leaves for the day is so that it is part of that day where normally they would be working. So they're not having to give up anything. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes, exactly. And, and, and a regular company wouldn't, I'm, I'm hoping, right? Like you have to come and stay on a Friday night to come have beer with us. It's like, really? Like people who have kids at home, you know, your, your most senior people, like they're not going to want to do that. Like yeah. maybe they want to because there's kids at home, but, but you know, maybe, maybe. Yeah. I still remember we had a, we had a VR, um, we had a VR set in the office and mm-hmm. we did an after, after work VR thing. And I was like, when are you coming home? And I realized I'd been late for like three hours. I'm like, oh, I'm just finishing up some work. <laughs> Technically. <laughs> I, went, kind of... I went back into the VR. Right, right. I still feel bad about that. <laughs> oh, apparently. Well, but, but it, yeah, it, it is important, I think, to build that camaraderie. Um, now, there are a lot of businesses that don't actually want that camaraderie. They want more like a, a black box setup where, okay, I have this person over here in Alabama who when mm-hmm. I have this thing I need them to do, I send it to them on Trello and they do it and it comes back. Like this whole black box kind of setup. Have you worked? I know you work with more B to um, bigger companies that don't necessarily want that. Right. But has that been something that you've seen as well as a, as a trend? I haven't. Um, I, I would see them like maybe companies who would see the individual more as a, like a contractor mm-hmm. where they're like, Hey, like this is just something we want to give them a couple hours a week. We've got built this whole process. Um, and they just don't want to invest the energy into that individual because you know, they don't, they're not going to, they're not planning on keeping them around long term or, you know, the value that they're providing is very commoditized. Right. Um, and so, which, you know, there's a place for that right? There's the whole gig economy, Upwork, Fiverr type of thing. That's, there's totally a place for that in the company. Um, but if you do want your, but the reality, like if you're, if you have an employee that you're treating that way, um, I can like, likely they're having a crappy time right. and they're not going to stick around in the company for, for a long time. Um, and how can you prevent your employees from feeling that way? Cause that is something that you can, that you can fall into. Right. Especially mm-hmm. if the person isn't um, proactive or if you're someone who gets distracted easily and can't really uh, follow up as well as you'd like. Like there's right. a there's a lot of things, I think, as the hire or as a team manager or as the, the quote unquote boss in there mm-hmm. that can mess up that relationship. So what are some of the issues that you see that kind of damage that relationship with a remote worker? Well, I think it's uh, in, in large part, I think it's uh, the manager who is not managing well. I mean, maybe that's, maybe that's, that's implicit in the question or implied in the question, but like, if you're not talking to this person to finding out like how they're doing in the company, like if they're okay with, you know, how they're engaging with the company and uh, like, if you're not, if you don't have really solid answers about, you know, how they're feeling about it or how they're, um, then, then it, you need to do a better job, whether it's through doing one-on-ones or mm-hmm. um, finding other ways to build rapport with them. So, um, so if that's not your intention and you want them to feel part of the company, then I would say like you need to find some, some, some strategies that work for you as a manager that also work for that employee to find those things out and find mm-hmm. a way to draw them into the company to show them that they're valuable and the, and to hear their thoughts. Cause I mean, people generally want to be, want to be helpful and feel like they're part of the team. And so there's probably lots of value that you're missing from that individual. If they are an employee where you could engage them deeper and they mm-hmm. could provide even more value because you know, if they're doing this one segment, like one segmented small siloed thing, then they've got some deep expertise on that one small siloed thing that they're not able to maybe spread or give that information out to the greater company that could be super valuable for your product manager or your, or your salesperson or your CEO. Um, so, so by trying to, by doing, by engaging them more as a manager, um, to, you can draw out all of that extra value that I'm sure that they would be happy and to provide. Right. Makes sense. It's interesting. I think that a lot of people forget that you still need to be a good manager to the remote team as well. I mean, I, I think they know it on, on a mental level, but there's a, there's a difference of, oh, I need to manage the people in front of me versus I need to manage these 
amorphous connections out there on the internet, even though we, we have a relationship with them, right. I think it does become for a lot of people out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. And it's even, but it's even more important to hire people remotely. Yeah. I think because you're not, the manager won't have the same relationship with someone who's sitting next to them in the office. Or you're having lunch with all the time than the person who's remote because you're just not, those ties are just not as strong. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I've talked to someone, uh, this remote, I, I, I interview lots of HR professionals to get their take on remote because they're on the front lines of finding out these problems and, and hiring and recruiting and, you know, and, um, and one thing that one, per, one woman said is, uh, you know, being able to manage the person in front of you is like the lowest form of management, right? Hmm. The problems that exist right in front of you and putting out fires is like, is, is, you know, it's important, but it's like the lowest tier of managers. You want right. to be able to go and be more proactive and work on bigger strategic problems. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just hard. It's yeah, really hard. Yeah. And what are, do you have any resources or are there any resources specifically for managers who are trying to manage remote teams? I mean, yeah. I mean, that's obviously what you, what you do as a, uh, as a professional is teach that, but what yeah. are some things that you kind of say, Hey, you should really check this out, or this is something you should really think about. Glad you asked. I have a <laughs> tool. Um, I didn't, I didn't tell him to do this. No, I have no, this. I have no idea what you're going to say. I have a tool on building remote building remote teams.com, uh, called my remote manager quiz. Mm. So press that. It'll ask you 18 different questions and it'll tell you your rank relative to other, other kind of remote managers who have filled it out. Um, and it'll give you a host of different things that you need to work on. And it'll give you some starting points like, Hey, check out this resource or here's, you know, some other ideas that you can get started. Um, so it'll say, here's where you're maybe struggling and here's where you can, here's where you're doing great. And so that would be a great starting point. That's very I'm custom. Gonna, and I'm going to check you. that out. And we're, we're going to do it. We're going to do a wipe right now as I take the quiz. And then <laughs> yeah. it'll come back and says, it said I was garbage. I got, the, <laughs> I got a zero out of 18. <laughs> well, then at least there's lots of room for There's lots of room for improvement. That, that's, that's awesome. I did not know you had that. Um, yeah, it's a couple weeks old. But like, don't be discouraged if you do take it. And like, but, but just. You know, knowledge is half the battle. Is that was that the drugs commercial from GI Joe? GI Joe. GI Joe. Knowing is half now, the battle. Now, yeah, knowing is half the battle. That's right. Knowing is half the half the battle. So, so it's like, yeah, don't be discouraged. It's like, hey, you've taken the first step. You want to be a better manager? Well, great. You now have effectively a checklist of things that you could start doing for your team that will guarantee help to draw out the best of your team not to be too cheesy but like we just talked about all these issues about why people feel crappy when they're not being managed well but mm -hmm. hey you manage them well and like you're going to see incredible things happen from your team yeah i think at the end of the day that's what it really comes back to is that i think that you really hit the nail on the head which is managing people in front of you is kind of the lowest common denominator so mm -hmm. putting out fires is the lowest common denominator if you really want to be able to manage well and to be a good manager and to really be able to grow your team into professionals, you have to be able, if you can manage them remotely, then you can manage everyone, anyone. Um, yeah. I mean, if someone's sitting next to you and they're crying and you're the man, they're their manager, like you're going to turn to them and be like, yo, like what's up? You know, like that's low tier stuff. Oh, not me. No, I, no <laughs> if someone like, broke down in front of me. I have no idea how to react. I'm gone. <laughs> The next year is people are crying at home and you don't know about it. You right. Know? right. Like, this is but, what's happening. And then above that is like, Hey, you're just, you're, you're being proactive so that people are crying at home. You right. know, like this is like, this is, this is it, man. I don't know. I, yeah. On, on Reddit and talking to, to friends who have had great managers in the past, it's always interesting to hear that it's the people, it's the managers that were able to head off those problems before they ever got there. And it wasn't the ones that like protected them and never had them deal with anything hard, but it's just right. was able to navigate oh. all the BS and all the others. Brother, my headphones literally just died. So all right. I'm move my, head, my speaker to this. Is that working? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you okay, hear me? Great. So yeah, you're coming out of here. So hopefully no feedback. It's yeah, no feedback. Quiet enough that it's gonna be okay. All right, ready to do it? Uh, yes. We're back with no headphones. All right, here we go. Three, two, one. And that was a fast, uh, fast dissolve, fast, yes. fast cut. We'll call it a fast my, my, cut. My headphones just, <laughs> <laughs> but as I was saying, the, um, 
Maybe we can get the maybe we can get some visuals in there afterwards. Sure. All yeah, right. You can use the all kinds of different. Get, get that get that visual for the exploding. <laughs> <laughs> but as I was saying, the 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 manager, the people who I've talked to have had great managers. They're able to navigate that whole process so that it doesn't affect the their team, right? So that yeah. it's able to protect them. And being able to head that off is the highest level of programmer or not programmer, of manager. Of manager. Point. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've heard it said, you know, managers are really like shit umbrellas. What's it? Pardon my French, but like <laughs> they're there to head things off yeah. to protect you so that you can do your best work. Right. And yeah. so, um, I don't know. I think, I think you're absolutely right. I've had only one good manager in my entire career of working professionally, like whatever, 14 years. And they're so rare, but, yeah. um, you know, there's, there's a saying in the industry that people don't quit companies, they quit managers. Yeah. And so, um, you know, if for anyone listening, like who's quit jobs before, like likely that's been the case. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, it's amazing the difference that the, those makes. I've had, I've been lucky enough to have two amazingly good managers I've worked okay. with in the past. Tell us about those. Who, who are these people? And like, what was that experience like? Um, I mean, so one was at, uh, Ramit's. And then one was at Evans and they were both the, just the project managers for the companies. And wow. it was a, it was a care and an understanding and then a, an understanding about where I was as much. And cause we're all remote, right? So, right. and it's a care and understanding about the situation of where I was in addition to where the company is. So wow. it was very aware of like, okay, there have been too many changes. Keith is getting frustrated. Uh, let's just sit down and, and run through exactly what's going to happen because he has 800 emails, right? And there's no wow. way he's going to yep. parse this out, right? Yep. And stuff like that. And it's like just this understanding of, okay, we're going to go through and test this. We're going to do it at the same time. We're going to, because if we do it in lockstep, it's going to be faster, right? Because yeah. the way that Keith works, he'll get stuff done in real time rather than sending emails back and forth for six yep. hours. Right. Sure. So how did he know you were frustrated? Um, well, she knew cause generally on the, on the calls, right. Or just those one-on-ones, right. Okay, so either so you were having those and that's how she was able to extract. Yeah, them. exactly. Exactly. So I think it, I mean, during those points, yeah, I mean, it's just communication, right? It's yeah. either now it's through Slack, but it was, um, through Skype, it's through phone calls and it's just, sitting on the phone for two hours, just working, co-working and stuff nice. like that. Things that bring me in and made me feel like I was part of a team and that we're all part of a team, right? And that we're all doing this work. And it's interesting because I see a lot of people kind of chafe at the idea of having a manager, but I think whatever level you're at, um, you need someone to wrangle the cats, right? And who understands the bigger picture beyond where you are. And maybe even if you understand the bigger picture, can at least fill you in on the detail because not everyone's talking to everyone. So there has to be, you know, you talk in software and especially in marketing about uh, and analytics about a sole source of truth, Mm -hmm. right? So especially with data, where's your sole source of truth? Where does that person and that data live that lets us know this person may is now worth $3,000 or spent $3,000 with us, right? Same with a, a company. You have to have someone who understands the sole source, the truth of everything. Because the person on top, especially with personality brands and even with segmetrics, right. we're crazy. We're yeah. effed up crazy. And we'll come into the office and say, you know what we really need today is a mascot. We need to de- drop right. everything. We're designing a mascot. <laughs> and you need, the, you need that person there that says, that's a great idea. Yeah. We're going to table it. <laughs> yes. We'll come back to it because here's what we're doing. And so we need that, you need that filter of, okay, everyone is on the same page because there is a sole source of th- truth yes. about what we're doing. Yep. Yeah. That's a great managerial managing. Yeah. Managing up. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, I love that. It's, and it's interesting. The more people I talk to more info marketers, the more SaaS owners, uh, especially in the smaller kind of personality brand type of places, everyone has that person. Yeah. And it's because the personality brand, the, the idea 
person, the person at the top gets so many ideas left, right, and yeah. forward. It's just like a, a, a waterfall. It's like a fire hydrant, right? And so you have to have someone that is filtering that. Otherwise, you're just jumping around like a ping pong constantly. Yeah, but imagine the amount of rapport that that person has to have, especially, so, you know, especially, let's say, let's say it's the head of the company, right? Who's the idea person and the person below them who's somehow, you know, managing the marketing team or the COO or something. Like imagine the rapport for them to be able to say like, no, or like, okay, maybe, mm -hmm. you know? And so, but if, if it's remote and you don't have a lot, like you just don't meet with that person frequently and you don't know them intimately, much harder, how, yeah. they, how they work to get, how you can work with them and how they think and what they're okay with hearing, you know, these are real subtleties in relationships that take a long time to develop. Yeah. Um, and so it just, it takes a lot of effort to be able to build those into the relationships and you have to find out ways to do it in your company, especially if not everyone's sitting in the, in the office. Yeah, exactly. So, one one kind of last question that I want to ask, um, because I think it's important, is are there things when you're doing the, the hiring for remote workers that you find are either warning signs, like mm -hmm. should not, this person cannot do this remotely, or are... Um, or actually really good signs that you can say, yes, this, this is a quality that most people who are able to work remotely effectively have. Yeah, this is a great question. Um, two things that I look for that are kind of global in the remote work um, is their communication skills. Um, mm. They need to be able to like be able to share their ideas, share their struggles really well, both through texts, like if we're using, if we're heavy Slack users or even, email or, you know, just through the internet in general and be able to express themselves when you're doing video calls so that in the one-on-one, -on -one, like they're, they are going to talk about mm -hmm. you know, how they're feeling and, and stuff. The second I think would be uh, being proactive. Um, when you're at home, it's easy just to like finish your task and then you're like, well, I don't know what to do now. Therefore I'm frustrated or I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go and play video games now. You know, um, surely not something I do. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's a growth, that's a growth thing. So people will be like, okay, like, great. I finished those. And like, oh, I've got these things I really want to go and fix. And yeah, surely this will help the company. And, and so people that are kind of looking for opportunities to make the company better, um, looking for a history of that, I think are, are really important. Um, you know, red flags would be kind of first, well, the inverse of each of those, right? If they're right. like not able to express themselves when you're interviewing them or they've said like, yeah, like I just want to put in my time, you know, just I'm happy to get through like the, if there's, if it's like customer support, like I just want to get through my tickets and then yeah, I'll be good for, you know, what happens if I finish early? Like, can I just take the time off? It's like, these are not, right. <laughs> these are not great signs. Um, yeah, those would be the two that, that come to mind. Uh, uh, up front that are unique, I think for, uh, for remote that I would really prioritize. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there, because there's a lack, I mean, it, this sounds bad when I say it, but a lack of oversight when you are remote, because mm -hmm. honestly it's trust. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of trust there. Um, of course, when someone's at the office, they could be browsing Reddit, but there's, there's a modicum of trust that I think is implicit in being in an office yeah. and it's harder to have that when they're remote. And so I think you're exactly right. You need someone who is, who is willing to, is proactive to go above and beyond. At least we realize that that's not always going to be the case. Some people get tired when they're like, okay, I'm done with my tickets. I'm just going to go take a nap. Sure. That's fine. But you want someone, especially in that initial phase, who's going to be like, I'm excited about this. I want to, be proactive. And if we're done with my tickets, I bet I could find some support uh, documentation or I can yeah. write some emails or something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think these things are, are, are really important. Um, you know, it's, 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 yeah, it's challenging, man. I mean, as a manager, like we talked about, I think the overall theme is, 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 is this harder to be a manager of remote people than it is for people in the office. But honestly, like, I think the results and the result, I mean, the research is showing the, res the, the results are there. If you can figure out how to make it work for your company and your remote culture to make the remote life work, um, it, your, your company will just be, will be that much better off. Yeah. Awesome.
Well, Jevin, thanks so much for taking the time and sharing your expertise about uh, with managerial hiring and especially remote teams. Uh, If people want to get in touch with you, where should they uh, go to find you? Yeah, right on. Um, You can check out buildingremoteteams.com. I do have a podcast that that comes out mostly weekly where we talk about kind of the nuances related to remote work, uh, related to focus, being distracted, loneliness, how to do one-on-ones, all of these kind of like uh, different, different hard things about remote we, d- we dive into. Um, and then, you know, if you've got particular problems with, uh, with your remote team that you want to dive into, managing, hiring, whatever, or you are a traditional company and you want to go remote, then uh, yeah, there's a button to schedule a call with me and I'd love to be able to give you some ideas on the call and see, awesome. see if I can help. Yeah, and we'll link the the quiz as well in the in the show notes because I yes, think that's going to help quiz. a lot of people. And are we going to put your results in there too? Or uh, dear, dear <laughs> in the Lord, no. <laughs> it's gonna it's Amazing. just got the poop emoji. Like um, there we we all we all know what's happening there. <laughs> Thanks a lot for having me on this show. Keith. All right, Jevin. Thank you so much. All right, boom. Nice. I love that. It feels like you're uh, in Judgment Day, like from uh, Terminator. Because the because entire it's right now, because it's all white behind. You. I like, know that's what Marcus just said. The last one, I, it's um, it's one of the downsides that I did not anticipate of a sunroom. Just like, is I mean, it getting sun sunny? Just, just destroying my face right now. Like, oh man! Wow, even with the the things down, that's crazy. Yeah, I like so, your wainscoting. Yeah, what? The wainscoting on the wall it looks really yes, good. Yes, that's my wife's deal. Wow, thanks for noticing. I'm going to tell her that someone noticed today. It looks really. I wanted. I wanted wainscoting in my office, and they did not put it in. It's a. It's a. It's a cheap way to really class up a space. Yeah, it really does. It's. Wow. Uh, it looks really good. Yeah. So. So about this time, like I'm just like getting. I'm just like hiding behind my monitor. I told. I told Michael this morning. I'm like, it's not that. You know, you've got a nice looking face. I'm not trying to hide from it. It's just like the sun. <laughs> Yeah, we um, the office I had I was at downtown had a west facing window, and so as the day goes on, I'm like slowly moving my monitor, and I had an adjustable yeah. desk, so I I moved the desk up and up and up, so nice. I I keep it right at uh yeah just to get the sun perfect. just to keep oh, the sun smart. perfect yeah so it wasn't like in my in my face but you're just like squatting at that one point where yeah like, exactly exactly right. yeah awesome um, well I I thoroughly enjoyed this this was fun me too I had a great time yeah.